Proverbs 15, verses 16 and 17. Better, with a, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. Okay, how does, what does that have to do with Christmas, right? Well, you'll find out. Please be seated. My goodness, I was hoping you'd tell me what that had to do with Christmas. I, I guess I'll have to make up something really quickly. You know, this morning we come, and I, I come with the purpose of making Christmas a little bit better for you. Now, for some of you, I don't need to do anything. You know, you're, you're really doing well. For others of you, it's going to take a miracle. And the nice thing about that is it did take a miracle. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I, a couple things, though, first before I, I begin to, to preach. Um, first of all, James Cross, not Jim, but his, um, what, grandson, you know, has been taken to where? Mary Bridge. He was at Good Sam, some asthma problems, I guess, and they transferred him to, you can come up with me. Come on. You want to come up here? Yeah. Come on up, buddy. You want to come see me? He's, don't, don't worry. This is good. Scott, you have, where'd Scott go? You have a future. Uh, oh, he went to set up for a while. This isn't a problem at all. What, what are you so blushing for? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you want to come see me? What, what are you going to do? Are you going to jump? No, you better not jump because you, you might land on something. Let me, oh my, this is good. You want to come? Here, I'll teach you how to be a preacher, okay? <laughs> Guess what? Every Sunday, I get to come up here and stand right here and look at all those people out there. Do you see all those people? Do you think this is fun? No, you don't think it's fun. <laughs> all right, here you go. Can you go back to mom maybe? Let's go this way. Do, 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 do. Watch your step. All right. <laughs> I thought I had a preacher in the making. Oh, don't take him away. <laughs> He's going to be banished from the sanctuary forever and ever until he's 47. <laughs> then all those repressed feelings, he's going to come up here and sing in the choir. So you people with repressed feelings, you know, just come and join Scott in the choir. That, that would be good. Anyway, back to Jim Cross, or James Cross in this case. He's at Mary Bridge, be praying for him, and, and that will be wonderful. Also, Pastor Mary is down in San Diego, and uh, she will be having her ablation. I know, it's something cauterizing the veins in the heart, or, you know, she did this before, she needed to have a second one, which they figured she did, and that will be happening tomorrow at three, so if you'd be praying then, uh, we'll pray in a little bit for her as well. So, a couple of things there. Also, maybe you noticed in what was sent to you in the e-flyer, that we had a blooper in the e-flyer. And, and somebody called the church and, and they said, 
did, did our, our youth person, Greg, did he die? And Joanne said, well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and she said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, in, in what was written there, and, and Greg wrote this, so let me read you what was written here. It says, on the 15th of December, invite your parents. We will get together at 6.30 p.m. with all our families and friends and all the different ministries at the church for dinner and to sing Christmas carols. Need we say more? Free food and singing. And then in parentheses it says, well, at least Greg will be in heaven. <laughs> I know what you meant there, but uh, this poor lady was real concerned that you weren't here any longer. <laughs> You know, I, I, I hope that you had the chance to come and enjoy the, the concerts. It was wonderful. And, you know, the, the sanctuary is all decorated, and to hear the Christmas music that was sung is, is sweet. And, you know, this is my day. I mean, look, and I get to stand here right under the star. You know, something about that. I know, you could care less. All right, enough of that stuff. This morning, let's talk about how do we make Christmas better for us? How do, we, how do we get in the spirit of things? And I got good news for you, and I got bad news for you. Well, maybe it's all bad news for you. Because the bad news, possibly for you, is Christmas is not about you. Are you sad? Scruffy thought Christmas was about him. I mean, Scruffy had his long list of things for him, but it is not about us. And somewhere along the line, we have to get used to that. We have to get to the place where we say, okay, there's a much broader meaning, there, there's something more special than, than us at this time. So our mission this morning is to raise the level of what Christmas is all about. I know, some of you just... Yeah. I, I see Sean here with his roofing experience and building experience as he watched the drips come down, wondering, I, I wonder why that's dripping up there. Okay, Sean, you and me, buddy. Yeah, I, I can get you one, Sean. That, that might be better than the sermon. <laughs> he didn't think I was watching, but I was. So this morning, let me suggest three things to you. And, and the first thing, you already know because we've talked about that. And, and that is that we need to begin to put the holiday in the proper perspective. And, and we have that choice. We can do anything we want with our mind, no matter what goes on around us, no matter all of the things that are taking place, we can choose to put, put the holiday in the right perspective. Now... You remember the story of Simeon? Now, Simeon was this guy who was a very religious, a very devout person. And, and God came to him through an angel and, and told him that he was going to be around until, until he saw the Messiah, until Jesus came. 
And if you go back to Luke chapter 2 and look at verses 22 through 32, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of what is going on here. And Simeon sees this child brought by his parents. He says, why are we there? It's Christ's birthday coming up, not when he's older. But I want you to see the perspective that Simeon had. That when Jesus was brought, he laid his eyes upon him and he knew that this was the Messiah. That this was the Christ. And, and his heart just left. I mean, he realized that now he could go and leave this earth and go and be with God. And, and I guess my thought here is if we can have that kind of perspective that, that we live life to see Christ and to see him even fuller than maybe what we see him right now then that becomes very special to us. Then the perspective becomes right. So we look and we see the word becoming flesh. You know, we hear that from scripture. That it dwelled among us. That he is the holy lamb of God, the Messiah, the anointed one. And all that goes on at this time of year. You know, you don't have to, by the way, just keep it to this time of year. You can... Understand that next month and the month after and, and the months to come. But let's put our thought process, let's make our perspective in a way that we see Christ as the center. Not us, I, sorry, but Christ. By the way, I, I just thought as I was going here, you know, you have some exciting things ahead for you. You don't know this, but, but you do. I mean, next Sunday, we have two services, and it's the Sunday just before Christmas, so that's real special. That's the 19th. On the 24th, we have three services. What times? Six, eight, and 10. You are awesome. So the 24th, we have three services. On the 2nd of January, we have, oh, I skipped ahead, didn't I? What happened to the 26th? How many services? Just one service at 10 o'clock, okay? Then, in January, on the 3rd, two services, what time? 9 and 11.15. By the way, let me tell you, for that January 3rd, those two services, you're going to be ticked. I'm going to be preaching to you, and you're going to hate me. And you're going to hate what I tell you. In fact, I hate it, and I'm preaching it. And, and I got to tell you ahead that, that I read this chapter from this book by Francis Chan. And, and when I read that, I thought, I don't like hearing that. That doesn't make me feel good. And I thought, I need to share that with the church. <laughs> so that you don't feel good too. I mean, why should I get all the bad feelings? So make sure you don't miss those as well. All right, back to the sermon. Put your holidays in the right perspective. Secondly, you're not going to like this part either. Put your financial decisions in the Lord's hands. I am amazed when I hear the figures about how much we spend at Christmas. Now, I, I know that we're cutting back some. In fact, there's a, a Christian newspaper out there. I just picked it up. I just put it out 
one of the headlines was, we are spending less this year on Christmas. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, amen. That is a good thing, yeah, hallelujah in there too. That is a good thing, because we tend to get away from the true meaning, and we tend to begin to think that, oh, it's such a good Christian thing to give. And it is a good Christian thing to give. But the problem for a lot of families is they pull out their little plastic card and they say, you know, we didn't plan ahead. We didn't put money aside to be able to give. So that's all right. We're going to pull out our little plastic card and we're going to put it on that little plastic card and everything's going to be great until January. And the bill's going to come and it's going to say something like, you owe this amount of money. Oh, by the way, minimum. I mean, if you only want to pay the minimum, all you have to do is pay this amount. And it's just a little bit. And you think, oh, thank you, Jesus, I've been saved. If you read further on, you see, oh, and all that part you don't pay, we're only going to charge you about 22% on it. What a deal. You know that, that little $100 thing you brought for little Johnny? That's costing you a lot of money. And it's a lot more than the $100 when you start adding 22% on that amount. You know, the best thing you can do for little Johnny? Don't. Let him see that you can resist. Let him see that in your mind, you can say, you know, I really would like to buy this for little Johnny, but it's going to be worse if I do because the wife and me, we're not going to be happy. And if we're not happy, little Johnny's not going to be happy, and he'd much rather have us happy and not in debt instead of having that toy, which he's going to either ignore after the first week or he's going to break it and then it won't be there. I know, I know I sound like Scrooge. I mean, I know that because it's not the Christmas thing. But understand, we're sold a bill of goods. Have you seen how fat the paper was today with all the ads? Did you see how fat the paper was leading up to Black Friday? I wonder why they call it Black Friday. I got a guess. Yeah, truth in advertising right there, Black Friday. Hmm, I know, Scrooge, sorry. But how do you, when little Johnny comes up to you and says, please, can we have that for Christmas? Oh, I would love to have that for Christmas. It would make me so happy if I could just have that for Christmas. That's all I want, and these other 12 things. <laughs> see, see? You know, I mean, I know. When I was a child, my parents said, well, get the catalog out. You know, we used to have catalogs back when I was a child. Get the catalog out, and you write down the things that you would like Santa to bring you for Christmas. Oh, boy! It was so fun going through the catalog and being able to look at everything. And, and then they said, and, and by the way, put how much it costs... And by the way, put where we can, I mean, where Santa can get it. See, I wasn't too smart there. Yeah, I loved it. 
and I had a big old long list. Your Johnny does that too, doesn't he? He doesn't have to look in the catalog anymore because it's all in the newspaper. Hmm. I, I, like, I like what Dave Ramsey says. And, and by the way, we just finished our, our last Dave Ramsey class for this series. And the people that, that hung in there, stuck it out, they loved it. And they said, why couldn't we have been taught this about 25 years ago? And that's the truth. I mean, it gives you some really good things. But let me give you permission to say no to your children, to your grandchildren. I know, now I'm really treading on dangerous ground. But I give you permission to say no. Dave Ramsey says, it really will not hurt little Johnny's psyche. It really will not. In fact, he goes on to say, you know, you might hurt him for a moment, but let me tell you, you're not going to have to pay all those psychiatrist bills because he doesn't always get what he wants when he's grown up. Parents, do you understand that? Do you always get what you want now that you're grown up? Well, some of you do because you have that little plastic thing in your pocket, don't you? And you get mail constantly, don't you? And sometimes you even get phone calls, don't you? When are you going to pay? You know what I'm talking about? Put your financial decisions in the Lord's hand. He wants us to give, but he will not go against his word with something else from his word. He doesn't want us to get ourselves into debt. He doesn't want us to get ourselves into a frenzy because we don't know how we're going to pay those bills come January and February and March and April and, and December next year. I mean, some of us are going to be paying forever on those things. Do yourself a favor. Do your child a favor. Teach them that they don't always get what they want. Is that a good thing for them to know? It's a very good thing. One last thing. Okay, we want to keep the holiday in the right perspective. We want to put our financial decisions in the Lord's hands. The last thing, and it ties in with this less self and more others idea, and that is to make your holidays about giving and not getting. You know, what kind of things can you do that you can give of yourselves that you don't have to pull out the wallet or the purse that you don't have to write a check or use that plastic thing, but that you can give of yourself, that you can do some kind of ministry. You know, I, I have to tell you, and I heard this this week, and, and it was wonderful to hear. Uh, as you know, Mary left uh, to go down to San Diego, and, and she told us that, that her son Robert, who lives in, where, Joanne, Missouri, is it? In Missouri that he had called and he said that he was going to fly out to San Diego to be with his mother. You know, he couldn't be there when her surgery was, but he could come earlier and be with her the couple of days when she's going through the pre-testing and all. And, and Mary was just thrilled to know that he thought enough to do that kind of thing. Of course, she wasn't that thrilled. So she said, and you are bringing my grandson, aren't you? <laughs> and so Robert brought Grant to San Diego. Now, talk about a gift. 
I mean, can you imagine flying like that with a little, little? Yeah, my goodness. But look at the heart that is there. Look at the, the respect for mom and the love for mom that was there. Can we do those kind of things? Can, can we think of what somebody really needs and it doesn't have to cost us money? Can we think of how we can, can be a good steward of everything that God has given us? Can we make that special? You know, I, I base, you know, back in my mind, I, I think of in Africa, this, this boy was giving a gift to his teacher and, and he had walked lots and lots of miles to get, I think it was a seashell or something, and, and he gave it to his teacher and really it didn't cost anything. And, and the teacher says, oh, how wonderful. And the little boy says, oh, you know, the gift is what I had to do to get it. The miles I had to walk in order to get it. And he brought that gift and gave it to her. You know, can we think of things like that to do? You know, I, I want to take a moment right here just to pray for Mary if we could. As I told you, tomorrow at 3 o'clock she'll be having the ablation. And uh, I would love to tell her that we prayed for her in the worship service. But also those of you who can at 3 o'clock, you know, be praying for her as well. Let's pray right now. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for Mary. Thank you for the work that she does here in her heart that she has for you. And Lord, I, I pray that your hand will be upon her, that you will protect her in this, that you will work through these doctors and these nurses, and, and that good will come from it, that her heart will be as good as new, that she'll get the energy back. Oh my goodness, Lord, help us. But the energy back that she's used to having, and Lord, just touch her in a very special way. We thank you, we praise you right now, today, for what's going to take place tomorrow. We pray for a quick recovery and that she gets back here safely. And Lord, now that we're praying, we pray for little James as he's in the hospital at Mary Bridge. And we pray for your healing hand upon him as well. And you know the problem, the situation there. So touch his, touch his breathing, touch his lungs, touch every part of him that good will come from this as well. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple more things. I know the kids are here ready to go, but I'm not quite done, but it's coming soon, okay? Don't worry. What was Christ's attitude? What was Christ's attitude when he came? His attitude was an attitude of giving. Yeah, of serving, wasn't it? He came to do what? He came to seek and save the lost. He came to serve. He came to give his life for many, didn't he? You know, what can we do? How do we follow Christ in what he did? Question for you. If, if somebody met you on the street, or if somebody came into your house this week, would they be able to tell that you're a Christian? Would they be able to say, you know, you really are different. There's something about you. You know how much I love Costco. And uh, yesterday I'd gotten a call that one of our people was at the, the hospital in Federal Way. And so I went to the hospital and, and since I had to come by Costco, I thought I might as well just stop. You know, I, I didn't need a thing. Not a thing. I was full. I didn't need to sample. 
although I did, but it was wonderful just being at Costco, no needs, nothing, just to be there with my presence and to spread Christmas joy to the people. And so I just walked around and smiled at people and opened doors and let them push their cart ahead, you know, and, and do all those kind of things and smile at them and wish them a Merry Christmas. And it was a special time for me. I hope it was for them. You know, and, and I did find those free, free samples, and they were wonderful. <laughs> but even when there was only one left, actually there was a time there was two left, and I said to this, oh, go right ahead. And, and they took one, and the lady who was preparing the sample said, you better get this one because I don't have any more. <laughs> oh, okay. But, you know, just that attitude of, of reaching out and being a servant to others. You know, that changes your heart. Usually in a situation like that, I want first in line because I want my sample. Or if I have my basket and I'm shopping, I, I you know, it's my turn to go, not your turn, and I'll get my basket in there. You know, that distresses us. That, that loses the proper perspective of what Christmas is about. What if we become missionaries in Costco? What if we become missionaries where you work? What if we become missionaries at your house? Let me tell you one story, and then I'm done. Last night, we had uh, a couple of people come, and I didn't know who they were. And, you know, I can tell the ones who are, are normal, regular people here. Okay, maybe not normal, just regular people here. <laughs> And, and I, you know, I, I like to go and talk to the ones who I don't know. Well, there was this one young couple, and I said hi to them, and said, I hope you enjoyed it, and they did, and so I talked to them a little bit, and I went and talked to some others. And, and then one of the couples, young couples in the church, came up to me and said, you know, we want to introduce you to, and they introduced me to this couple. They had a brand new baby, two weeks old. And so they introduced me to this couple, and I said, well, you know, I've already met them. And so they began to tell me about them, and they said, you know, we were selling one of these baby swings on Craigslist, and this is the couple that came, and, and they came to pick it up, and we invited them to come to the program. And this couple came to the program, and we invited them, I think they even invited them to stay for dinner before they came to the program, and and they were thinking, okay, how can we, you know, how do we get them to stay the night with us and then come to church the next day? And I'm just here blown away by the heart for Christ, which leads to the heart for other people. And I'm thinking, wow, that big smile just on my face thinking, somebody is getting this. This is that Christmas spirit. And, and I don't mean go out and just grab anybody off the street and say, oh, come and stay in our house. You know, I, I wouldn't tell you to do that. But when the Spirit moves you, and if your spirit is movable, because some of our spirits are not movable, then open your hearts to these people. You know, I love to hear your stories about how you reach out to one another. That is wonderful. And when you begin to do that, then you begin to see what Christmas is all about.
Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that as you call us to give of ourselves, even maybe when it costs us, that less really is more. That we are able to give to others. And that's something that doesn't run out. Lord, it seems like when we're at the end of our rope, you just give us more we can give. Help us to understand that. To experience Christmas in a way that maybe we've never, ever experienced Christmas. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers now receive the offering.
Thank you, boys and girls, and older boys and girls. Thank you. That was just a little bit of what we got to hear the last three nights. So, anyway, we have a special time where we get to introduce to you new members, and uh, we won't make them take their vows. We'll do that at second service, but we will have them come up. So, if you have been through the new members class and you're joining the church, will you come forward and let us introduce you to the congregation? And you can find their names just on the inside of your bulletin, the second little thing that is down there. A special welcome to our newest members. Oh, come on up on top here. Sure, why not? I'll get out of the way. They're all new choir members. Yes, look at that. All right, good. <laughs> you know, we're glad to have them. They have been a fun class to teach because they talk. You know, they listen, they discuss. And, and that's kind of nice. It's been fun to, to have them. So if you look at your bulletin here, you'll see, let's see. First of all, we have Lowell and Emily Ashlock, and they're right here. Good. And then we have Pat Gillette. There she is, great. And see, I'm doing this without my glasses. And then the Geesons, Bruce, Bruce and Ruth, right here. Good. And then we have Vi Harper, or V Harper, right over here, get that right. And after V, we have Martha Humphreys, right here. Good, Martha. And after Martha, we have, wait, I don't see my neighbors here. Uh, I'll get after them. All right, anyway, J.C. and Shirley Kennedy, and then Victoria Litchfield right here in front there, and then Dan and Robin Newell, good. And, and Dan, you have two doctorates? And in theology? <sighs> See, I'm just a quack quack, not a certified one. You know? Okay, and then Gene Pelham right here. So we're, we're glad to have you come in into the church as new members and how excited we are to have that.